Would you stand with me for the reading of the word? go to 2 Samuel. We're in a series called Breakthroughs, and uh, we're talking about King David and how he fought the Philistines. King David was an amazing man. He is a man after God's own heart, which means that he didn't just pursue God, but he wanted to do the justice and the right thing of God whenever he dealt with situations. And so David actually speaks here uh, it speaks to David and, and how he acts toward a enemy that comes into his life. And so chapter 6 of 2 Samuel, we'll begin reading at the first verse. Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were there, that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord, the host that dwelleth therein. I'm going to jump back to chapter 5 and verse 17. David wanted to bring the house, the, the tabernacle back to Israel, but he was already fighting an enemy. And that enemy shows up in chapter 5 and verse 17. But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David, and David heard of it and went down to the hold. And the Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim, which means the valley of giants. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines, or shall I go and fight them? Everybody say, Fight. Wilt thou deliver them into my hands? Everybody say, Win. So he's asking God, am I going to win if I go up? How many want to know if you're going to win, if you're going to take on any endeavor? You want to win, right? We don't do it to lose. Amen. So he wanted to know if he would win. And the Lord said unto David, go up, for I have doubtless delivered the Philistines in thy hand. And David came to a place called Baal, Baal Perazim. And David smote them there and said, the Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me as a breach of water. Therefore, he called the name of the place Belperazim, which means Lord of the Breakthrough. And so I want to talk to you for a little bit about Lord of the Breakthrough. This is where a song comes from that we love to sing, Breakthrough, Breakthrough, Breakthrough. A thousand times we sing Breakthrough in that one song. But this particular statement, Belperazim, I am on the end, means Lord of the Breakthroughs, plural. So what we talked about last week was a God of new breakthroughs. Amen. How many need a new breakthrough in your life? And you've got to break forth in some situations. And anytime you get a new breakthrough, it means that God is also breaking, giving you breakthroughs. In other words, you create a legacy or a cultural breakthrough in your family from one breakthrough. You start multiple breakthroughs. Amen. Oh, it's so good. Amen. Jesus, help us with this word today. We ask you to touch everybody as we stay in. A little bit of distractions today, but we love you, Lord, anyways. In Jesus' name, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. Anybody ever been to the Mitchell Park Domes? Raise your hand. You've been to the Mitchell Park Domes. How many liked them? How many remember when they had the butterfly exhibit? A few of you? It was one of the most popular exhibits that they had. Uh, there, there was never a calipiter exhibit. Did you know that? Did anybody go to the calipiter exhibit? Nobody? You didn't like the slow-crawling, slimy little things? Nobody? No, everybody loves a butterfly. When you see a butterfly fly up, everybody goes, oh, look, a butterfly. You see a calipiter crawl up on a, on a fence, nobody goes, oh, look, a, a calipiter, the slimy little thing. It's so, caterpillar. It's so ugly. Did I, am I saying it wrong? 
I have a correction. I have someone who's correcting me. I might preach and have him translate. That's what I might do. But nobody's really interested in Caterpillar. But Romans 12 says, I'm asking you, I beg of you, brothers, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, and be... And be not conformed or be, don't be pushed into the mold of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I'm talking about mind breakthroughs a little bit today because we have to understand that we are what we think. We become what we think. Everything starts with a thought and becomes, and becomes an, a word that you start saying. Out of the abundance of the heart, the Bible says the mouth speaks. So, so when you think things, you start saying things. And when you start saying things, you start becoming those things. So it's word, it, it, that's the process. A thought becomes word. Word becomes action. And action becomes habit. And when you have habits or cycles in your life that you need to break, you have to go all the way back to your thought life and reprogram those things. And so when I talk about a breakthrough in this place or when I talk about David going into the battle of the enemy with the enemy and, and not naming it what they called it, they, they settled into this valley called Rephaim, and it means the valley of giants. Everybody say giants. Everybody's like, Ugh. Oh, close, pretty close. <laughs> kids are like, I'm trying to entertain the kids at the same time. There's a bunch of giants in this valley, they said. This is the valley where giants hang out. And David didn't even give him the grace of naming it the same thing. He said, I'm not going to name it what my enemy names it. And I want you to know that here today, if you, if you think things the way that the world thinks and you, and you process things the same way that the world conf- wants you to conform into, you will name things the same way and th- with the same struggle and with the same defeat that others name them. But God wants you to give things a different name. God wants you to right-click on it and rename it something else, amen? God wants you to give some things that look like defeat a a label of victory. God wants to give you an opportunity to have faith in moments where others are defeated, but you take on a a perspective of, even though I don't see it, God's still working. Anybody been in that position before? Where you just had to trust God, that you didn't see it coming to pass in the way that you thought it would be, but you knew God was working, and down the road, he did bring something to pass. He did bring the miracle to pass. He did cause things to happen. And that's what David is doing. He's saying, I'm not going to name it what you name it. I'm going to name it the place where God breaks forth on my enemies. And I need you to understand that whenever you have mental thinking that is is continually uh, playing um, playing against you or working against you, if you if you have thoughts and, and toxic thinking, I want you to know that that does actually physically process in the brain. It actually your brain actually creates little trees and thought patterns. And there's pictures that shows negative or toxic thoughts having a black section in the brain, and then a brain that's healthy that has positive thinking. And, and those, those neurons, those mental trees are developed that bring life to you. It's actually brain damage to think unhealthy or negative or toxic thoughts. And over time, it will cause you to have physical responses in your body. That they, they, they began to study the people that had physical responses in their body. And over 95% of individuals did not have it from their hereditary background. They didn't have the heart disease or the, the different kind of cancers that developed in their body from their background. But 75 to 95% of them had it through the, fr- the fact that they were stressed. They were completely stressed out in their job.
jobs or in their homes or in their lives, and their mental thinking was constantly turning toward toxic. They had thoughts of self-deprecation. They were like, you can never do this. You can never get up. You can never do it right. You're never going to make it any better. You're just a slouch. You're just a loser. You're never going to get it right. And whenever they began to be taught about God's word, and they began to believe that God loved them, there was a recovery rate greater than any medicine that they could have given them. Now, I'm not preaching against medicine. Don't get me wrong. But I am saying the, the thought process can change everything. And whenever you begin to think about the goodness of the Lord and put your mind on pure things, if you, the Bible tells us that. And it talks about thinking pure thoughts. Obviously, we know that if we set our mind on things above, it helps us. But Philippians 4 and 8 gives us an understanding that if we think on these things, the, the, the writer there was saying, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are, are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. It's actually telling you how to think. If you want a life that builds you up, you can't be thinking, I'm never going to get out of this. I'm never going to get through this. We're never going to get any better. Nothing's ever going to turn around for me. I'm always waiting for the other foot to drop. And even when it gets good, you can't celebrate the good things because you're waiting for the bad foot to drop. This, this is not the lifestyle that God wants us to have. He wants us to have a mind that stayed on him, amen? A mind that has the word of God in it so that whenever we do have thoughts come up, we can push them out away. We can take every thought into captivity, the Bible says, and hold it up to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, you have to bow. That thought has to bow. You're a child of God. You're blessed. You're highly favored. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're blessed going out and coming in. You're blessed in the field and in the city. That's the thinking that God has toward you. His thoughts are good toward you continually, the Bible said. He has a plan to bless you and to prosper you. He has a plan to help you in times of need. And those kinds of things cannot give you anything but a blessed life. When you think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God he's blessing me. He's a good God. And even in struggles and hurts and trials, we know that God is stepping in and doing a great work. And so I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And the Bible says, that his mercies are new every morning. How many have read that? His mercies are new every morning. It's interesting that the, that the science is catching up with the word of God. And I, I read this book, and I, and I don't know if you have a chance to, to maybe even just get it on, online, but it's called Switching Your Brain On or Switch Your Brain On by Dr. Carolyn Leaf. How many have read this book? Anybody? I've read this book, a few of you. It's a fantastic book. I can recommend it to you because it's, it's tremendous. It's actually talking about how the science of the mind is actually catching up with the Word of God. And she says there are new, new neurons every morning in your brain that can overwrite toxic places in your mind. Those trees of patterns in your neural pathways that end up running into, uh, from toxic thoughts that end up being no longer used or, or causing negative or dead places in your brain. Actually, your brain has a very strong plasticity that you are actually conforming your brain. So now there is the thought as does 
does the mind control the brain? And some people say you have this, you know, this meat computer up here, this, this, this computer that's physical, but that's not your mind. Some people say that your mind controls your brain. Other people say that your brain controls your mind or your thinking, your conscious man. But we understand from the Word of God that we are not contained to any physical thing. We understand from the Word of God that the mind, the conscious, the, that nua, the breathing, that 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 breathing, that pneuma, that breath of life that was given to man. God created a body. Everything was there, and then He breathed the breath of life into man, and man became a living soul. What that means is that there is an ability in our in, in our mind, in our thinking, that we can literally stop, and with the frontal lobe, we can actually step away from our thoughts, and we can analyze our own thoughts. We we are a being that was created by God, and have the ability to not only think thoughts, but then think about the thoughts that we have and process those thoughts and decide, is that a good thought? Is that a healthy thought? Or is that a negative or a bad thought? And she's going through the different science about that. And she says that you're literally, every moment, you're rewriting your brain. You're, you're causing your brain to rebuild itself according to the thoughts that you have. And even your reactions affect your brain. And even to the cellular level, she says, that you literally pass on breakthroughs in your thinking to your children through the reproductive process. And I'm here to preach to you today that this is what David is trying to say. He's saying, if you get a breakthrough in your life, you pass it on to everyone that comes after you. You pass it on to your children, even at the cellular level. You give victory upon victory to those that come after you. And so your children's children are blessed, and your children's children are run down, literally run down by the blessings of God. If I could preach for just a minute, I want to tell you that great is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When we start to get to thinking about the goodness of God and all he's done for us, I want you to know he didn't just do it for you. He did it for your children. He's a generational God we talked about last week. He's a generational God. He's a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a God of you and your children and your children's children and your posterity and your legacy. You shall leave a legacy of victory and breakthrough if you understand the God that we serve wants to give it to you, but you have to be conformed to God's plan, not the world's plan. You can't be pressed into the mold of this world. You have to be renewed by the transformation of your mind. That's, that transform there in Romans 12 means metamorphosis. Everybody, anybody study that out? It means metamorpho or metamorphosis, the same thing that happens from a caterpillar to a butterfly, and the caterpillar goes into the cocoon, and it just can't, it can't move. It gets real tight in there. And it's like, well, this isn't fun. But while it's tight in there, if you, if you go in there and you release the caterpillar from its cocoon, you actually take away its victory. Because in order for it to grow its wings and to press those blood vessels and the blood out to the tips of its wings so it can fly, it has to, it has to struggle its way out of that cocoon. It has to push and it has to work and it has to stress and it has to strive. And as it's working its way out, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I'm promising you this. The stresses and the things that we go through, if we'll keep our mind stayed on Jesus, he'll give us the ability to fly higher than we ever knew we could, to go further than we ever could. He'll take 
lids off of our life. He'll create greater capacity in each one of us when we begin to struggle out of the things that we go through. And every single victory that we get into, we have to understand that God gave us the victory from a previous victory for future victories. Amen? And so David is looking at this valley of an enemy, and the enemy didn't even come to attack him until they found out he had got anointed, Brother Steve, which is very interesting to me because it tells me that fresh oil brings fresh enemies. Anytime you have fresh oil, you're going to have fresh enemies. And if you go to prayer and you're praying for your family and you're praying for breakthroughs, just understand. I don't, I don't come here to discourage anybody, but the enemy does not like it whenever we pray for breakthrough in our families. He's going to attack. And though he attacks, understand this, that if you ever get one victory, it's securing that your God is the God of multiple victories. And even though there's a fresh enemy for fresh oil, that anointing is also going to defeat the enemy. So I would tell you today that the enemy never stops attacking, but he'll always lose. He'll never stop attacking, but he'll always lose. And it's represented in the scripture here where it says about a year later, I believe, if I studied that right, about a year later, the Philistines repopulated the same valley to come against David. Now, they had been a, they had been a problem to the previous administration. Saul had constantly fought against the Philistines. But when Saul stepped aside, and David was anointed. They heard of that anointing. They'd put oil on the head, and it would run down, and it would literally run down all the beard and the garments and everything, and they would be anointed from the top of their head down. And when they got anointed, they were anointed for either the position or the place where God had called them to be. And what was interesting about that was they hadn't bothered them for eight years. The Philistines hadn't come to battle for over eight years against the people of Israel. But when they heard that David was anointed, they populated that valley and they were going to attack. And David did not just go, well, I beat one giant. Let's go beat him in the, giant, the valley of the giants. He prayed and asked God, should I go? I want you to know that even if you have a strategy that's won before in your life, you need to seek God for every battle in your life. You need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, what shall I do? Friend of mine, and I'll tell you a quick story. Friend of mine was having dinner with us last night, and he told of his best friend they had gone out hunting, and he had one of those climbing stands where you climb up in the tree, and he'd gotten up into the tree, and he'd accidentally discharged his crossbow into his left leg, literally went into the back of his calf muscle, went through his heel and shattered his heel and stuck in the boot of his toe, and it was a razor, it was a razor um, tip, so it was about a three-inch razor blade when it opened up, and it had sliced him all the way down, took out a major artery. He was bleeding out in the tree stand. He, he called my friend on the phone, very calm. He said, I, I just want you to know that I've had an accident. I've accidentally shot myself with the crossbow when I was picking it up. The trigger hit and it, it went off into my leg. And this guy is an amazing hunter. This was not a slouch. He could literally lick a tree and tell you what animals walk by. <laughs> He was an amazing hunter, okay? So this was not just a, a happenstance or, or a hazardous use of a weapon. He, he, literally, he literally told him, he's like, I don't know how much time I have. I am 20 feet up in a tree. I have, I have wounded myself. I have severed a major artery. I am bleeding out. He lost four pints of blood. And if you know anything about the human body, he was on his way to going out. And he was sitting there. And he has a, a breakthrough family. That family has a culture of breakthroughs in their family. They have built the understanding that God is for us. 
who can be against us. They built that in their mindset. And so when, they come, when something comes against them or a new enemy comes against them, they go to prayer and they seek God and they say, God, what will we do? What you do, would you have us do? And God always gave them victory. And so he was like, I, I, I don't know what to do, so I guess I'm going to pray. And he sat there and he asked the Lord, he said, Lord, I don't know that I have a lot of time left, but if, you, if this is not supposed to be my time, I need you to tell me what I'm supposed to do because I don't know what to do at this moment. He had tried to tourniquet. He couldn't tighten it tight enough to, keep the bleed, to make the bleeding stop. And he said in a second he had a thought. The Lord spoke to his mind. He said, tie the rope around your leg at the knee and throw yourself off the tree stand. Now, <laughs> wouldn't you have to ask for some credentials after that one? Like, I don't know if that's the Lord. I'm 20 feet up, and you want me to do hangman with my left leg. I mean, I think you'd have to check. Like, can you, can you give me a second word, Lord? <laughs> but because he was unable to tie it tight enough with his hands, when he put the knot into it and he fell off his, just fell off his tree stand and hung upside down, it cinched tight enough to where it stopped the bleeding. He would have never thought of that had the Lord not told him. And he hung upside down for 50 minutes till they got a special, a special response team to him. And my friend got there and he said, there was nothing but red around the tree. He said, but because he did that, it took all the blood and pushed it back up to his vital organs in his brain, and he lived. And right now, he's alive, and he's still doing very well pastoring a church. But the fact that he didn't know what to do, and he went to the Lord, and God gave him a breakthrough. I'm telling you, God can speak to your mind. If you get nothing out of this service today, leave here knowing that when you don't know what to do, God can tell you what to do. God can speak to your mind. He speaks through his word. Don't get me wrong. And if God speaks to your mind and it contradicts this word, that thought is wrong. This is what's right. But when you ask God for help, he will help you, brothers and sisters. And he got full function back of his left leg. He even got the full ability to go back into those woods and hunt again in the same spot. All because he trusted the Lord. Amen? And so you have to know that you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. That your body's health can come from how you think. That your strength in your day-to-day -day walk with God can come from how you think. And God wants to give you great thoughts, amen, from his word. And God wants to transform you. Don't, uh, don't let people keep you in the calipiter stage of your life. Has anybody ever seen you in your calipiter season? Anybody want to admit to it? It's a very uncomfortable season, amen? Caterpillar, thank you, brother. You and I are going to have a talk after church. It's going to be about caterpillars, and I'm going to say it wrong like 20 times just to annoy you. Don't let people put you in your caterpillar season and leave you there because you were meant to fly. You were meant to go beyond that. And so, of course, it reminds me of a joke because everything reminds me of a joke and I'm wrapping up. There's this caterpillar that was living in the yard and a new family had bought the house and the caterpillar was very friendly. So I wanted to go up and say hi to the new neighbors. So I walked up, crawled up, slimed up, whatever you want to say, knocked on the door and the owner came, the guy came to the door, opened the door, the wife says, who is it? Why are they knocking at the back door? 
And he goes, there's nobody here. Looks down, sees the caterpillar. Caterpillar. Picks it up and is like, it's nobody. And throws the caterpillar into the yard. Two years later, there's a knock at the door. <laughs> door opens and the caterpillar goes, what was that for? When you're in your caterpillar season, you're not moving the fastest. You're not, it doesn't seem like you're growing very well. It doesn't seem like you're doing very much. It's a very slow season of your life. You're not getting things accomplished like you want to. You think you're behind everybody else. But I want you to know there's a butterfly day coming, amen? There's a transformation that can happen in your life through the word of God, and you can begin to take on things. It doesn't take God long to put you in places he wants you to be. I don't care if it's taking you three, six, eight years to get where God wants you to be. He can do it in one day, amen? David went from the field to the palace in one day. God can do it quickly. Amen. So please, please understand that whenever you are having thoughts that are, are, are toxic or, or that are, that are saying you're never going to get there and you're too old and, and you're, you're not, um, you're not able. I want you to know that God can put you in the place he has designed for you because that place has your name on it and nobody else can occupy it but you. When God has a plan for your life, he's got a place for you, and nobody else can go there. They're, they don't fit because it was made for you. Amen? As a man thinking in his heart, so is he. Scripture gives us so much understanding about not having selfish thinking, about having right thoughts. And I close with my story of my friend because I know that sometimes God gives us an understanding of what our next step is. And sometimes God gives us an understanding of the plan he's, he's got ahead of us. The Bible says in Psalms 119 and 5, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Sometimes God only gives you a lamp at your feet for your next step. Sometimes God gives you a light to your path and lets you see where you're going to be going. Either way, whether God's given you the plan set out before you, stay on it and stay positive through it. Whether he's just given you your next step, take your next step and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I don't, I don't have any more than this next step. But take your next step. If you don't know what to do next, just begin to set yourself aside time to pray and take your next step in your day. What's your next step? Well, I have my morning devotion. When the, well, then you have your morning breakfast, and then you, you go to work, and then you, you have this, or you have after-school activities, or you have other things going on. Take your next step. Whatever your next step is, God will meet you in that moment, and he'll light that path. Amen? So your next step is important. I was talking to a friend of mine, and I'll close with this. He was um, having a struggle with some self-doubt. He was having struggles with um, a low self-esteem, and he wanted to do something for God. He really desperately thought that God had, had plans for him, and he was a good Bible teacher. But how many know that some people want the shout more than they want the teaching? And so he said something to me. He said, well, there's this opportunity that's come up, but I'm just a Bible teacher. And I was like, you're just a Bible teacher. What do you think Jesus was? He was a teacher come from God. That's what he was. And then I told him about the five-fold ministry, you know, that there's, there's apostles, there's prophets that point and say, this is the way of the Lord, go there. Most people don't like to tangle with a prophet because they're very pointed. <laughs> They'll tell you things you don't want to hear in seasons you wish you didn't hear it. 
And then there's, of course, the evangelist. They, they're out front, okay? They're longer than everybody else. The evangelist goes into the darkness and pulls people out, amen, of darkness into the marvelous light. And then there's the ring finger, the pastor. He's keeping the church in love with Jesus, amen? If you, if everybody loves a pastor. They give warm, fuzzy feelings, right? They smile at you even when you're doing wrong. And they'll smile at you and say, that's okay, come on in. Keep, keep, keep taking steps. Keep walking toward Jesus. That's the pastor. But the pinky, that's the teacher, and he's like, well, the pinky, that's the smallest finger on the hand, of course. I said, whoa. I told him, he said, you can't hold a sword without your pinky. You can't teach people how to fight without their pinky. You need teaching. And I told him the same thing I've said to some of you, that I've seen ministries that are five miles wide and two inches deep because they didn't have a teaching ministry in their church. We learn through the word of God. Sure, we can huck and buck and shout and have a good old time, but if we don't sit down and learn this word, we're never going to have victorious lives. You, you have to learn how to pray, brothers and sisters. You have to learn how to get breakthroughs in your life. And so I'm telling them this. And I said, God can use you in Vernon, Wisconsin. God can use you. And his parents run a, uh, an automotive store down there. And I told you a little bit last week about me teaching his father a Bible study. And I told you how I would talk with him about snowmobiling because we were snowmobilers. I grew up in Alaska. And I told you about running across ice-covered lakes and hitting the, the banks and then jumping off the banks. And then I was poor, so I had to try to hold on to somebody. And snowsuits are slippery, folks. So we would hit that bank, and that whole sled would just compress and then shoot off of that hill, and I was just because I couldn't hold on. They had the handles to hold on. I didn't. And so I was telling them all these stories, and we, we got to having a Bible study, and God saved his life, and God brought him through, and God not only saved him and gave his family a breakthrough, but it saved his children, amen? And now this boy that I'm talking about right now that's trying to start a work in Vernon is his son, and had I not taught him a Bible study, there may not be this church opportunity in Vernon. When God gives a breakthrough, he gives it to the children and the children's children, amen? He sets apart the children. And so I was talking to him a little bit, and I told him the story about teach him how to hold the sword. You may, be, you may feel small, but you actually are very important to the kingdom of God. And he, I said, now go build an army. And he's excited about it. For the first time, he doesn't feel like he's less than because everybody has so much more talent around him. He feels excited. He's taking his Bible, and he's going into the dark world, and he's going to save some souls. Amen. Because there's a breakthrough that can happen in somebody's life. And though it was his mind that was telling him, you're not able, you're not worthy, you're not good enough. When he changed his mind, something changed entirely. You won't change your life till you change your mind, brothers and sisters. I want you to think about where you fall down in this area. Please don't, don't take this as a criticism, but, but understand that if you have areas that constantly cycle for you of you're not good enough, you're not able, you need to put the word of God in the place of those thoughts and you need to break those cycles in Jesus' name because our God is a God of breakthroughs, plural, not just one. Could you stand with me today? Is this all right today? Somebody can hear me, hear my spirit. I want someone to break through. And I want you to break through more than just a dance and a shout. I want you to break through in your heart. My brother was sitting eating dinner with his wife and in just an average dinner, just another 
years gone by, just another anniversary, and they were sharing a Chinese meal, and he wasn't thinking, he was just eating, and they hadn't cut up one of the pieces of meat very well, and he swallowed it, and it lodged in his throat. This happened last week. And he realized very quickly, I'm in a whole lot of trouble. He tried to take a drink out of his straw to get some fluids. He couldn't even suck out of his straw because it was so lodged in his throat. And he began, to, and his, my sister-in-law stood up and just started yelling, Heimlich, <laughs> Heimlich, Heimlich, hoping that somebody was in that room. And this big Russian guy comes over. My brother is almost 6'5". I mean, he's a big guy. And he comes over and he picks my brother up, just like, <laughs> one of those big, you know, like Russian fellas. And then, he, and then my brother expels it, and he's just like starting to breathe again. And he goes, "Thank you." And he goes, "No problem. Happens all the time." <laughs> I'm like, I love that. <laughs> I want to meet this guy. And so, of course, he picked up my brother, picked up his meal, paid for it, and just walked over and talked with him. And my brothers told me, he said, you know what? I'm a man of faith. I'm a man of breakthrough. I believe God for everything. He goes, but in that moment when I felt helpless and I knew I was helpless if someone didn't help me, he goes, hopelessness tried to come in. And I've come to tell somebody today that if you've ever felt hopeless, work your way back to the place where you feel helpless and let God give you a breakthrough in that place. Don't ever let helplessness produce hopelessness in you because we have a hope in Christ Jesus that he's going to save us to the uttermost. Amen. So whatever your situation is today, would you bow your heads with me, Jesus? I pray for any helplessness in the room. Lord, I bind hopelessness in the name of Jesus that even though there's a feeling that something is not going the way I wished it would, I pray that you bring your hope and your life and your peace and your joy and you be the God of Perez. Perizim, the God of breakthroughs in their life. And you create whatever cocoon they're in, you create an understanding that even though I'm restricted right now, even though I'm held in by some things, that my struggle to get through this is going to produce greater wings in me. And I'm going to have greater capacity. I'm going to come out the other side with new and fresh oil, and I'm going to accomplish what you've called my life to accomplish. I believe right now that I'm praying for your place. Wherever your place is in God, whatever his plan is for you right now. I believe I'm praying a security in your heart right now that your faith is going to get you there. Your faith is going to get you there in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Would you just bring somebody and respond to the word of God today? If you need to go, we understand. But God bless you as you change your life, as you change your thoughts. Jesus, we need you today. Would you stand in his presence and just lift your hands for a moment as we begin to sing and we're going to just let the Lord touch our minds. Someone pray this prayer with me. Jesus, touch my mind. In fact, go ahead and put your hand right on your forehead. I know it's a little gimmicky, but Jesus, touch my mind. Pray that right now. Jesus, touch my mind. Give me a mental breakthrough. Give me a release from anything that's holding me back. Heal my mind. Come on, pray. Heal my mind. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, join me up front for just a moment of prayer. I search the world, but it couldn't fill me. 
treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. 